Hello, welcome to There's Coffee Here with Ava Hawkins. I am your illustrious host, Ava. Welcome and welcome to my first podcast. That's what's up. Those are all sound effects done by me, for me, for you all. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, This is a lifestyle podcast where I share my thoughts, feelings, and opinions with the intention to speak life and truth, to speak love, to help us all get to a space where we can go and live our best lives. I want to speak to things that are important to me, that I am passionate about. I want to speak about my city, Chicago, about my family, about friends, about mental health, about autism inclusion. Um, uh, I'm so excited to finally get to this point to be able to share this with you all. Um, This is a passion project of mine and something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. So I am just excited to be here. Uh, So thank you to all of those who have spoken life into me and encouraged me and who love this idea for me to finally put this platform out here to go ahead and get my faith journey, whatever this whole thing that God has put on my heart to leading me to to go ahead and handle my life's mission that I'm going to head and go ahead and do just that. So thank you very much for taking the time and I hope that you get something from this and be able to share this with others. So let's get started. So speaking of things that are important to me, I am going to call This podcast ain't no shame in mental health. I got that line from the wonderful and magnificent Jennifer Lewis, who you all know as the mother from Blackish, who has also been very vocal about her mental health as well. Um, She talks about the fact that she is bipolar and the fact that she has gotten therapy and medication to get where she is, to live a better life, a happier life, um, to give back to others and who the hell wouldn't be happy. And when I tell you when she spoke to it, that spoke to me because I too am bipolar. Um, She's been dealing with hers for 30 years. I've been dealing with mine for a little bit over four and no one has time for mental health to be on the other side of mental health to not be in that crazy dark depressive place to not be in those crazy roller coasters of mania is a blessing and so we need to not be shamed about it and we need to be honest about it because mental health is key to self-awareness and self-care mental healthness is the key to creative a healthy environment for yourself And for other people, no one can live their best life in an unhealthy environment. Best lives can only live and thrive in healthy environments. Take that with you. That's a word right there. Church. Um, I cuss a lot too. Those words are coming. I just wanted to go ahead and warn you about that ahead of time. Meant to tell you that earlier, but just know I love Jesus And I cuss a whole lot, a lot. But back to what I'm talking about, mental health. So we're going to go ahead and talk about my mental health journey. Like I said, 
I was diagnosed uh, with bipolar about, I've had it for about four years or I've known, excuse me, backtrack, let me stop. I've had it for a very long time. I've had it for what possibly I can remember back since about mm, 10, 11 years old, going through some real depressive states in high school. I mean, in, yeah, grammar school, some in high school, college, ugh, God, college was like a whole fucking exercise in mania. Like it, I, I just, it was some of my lowest of low points at that stage. But, um, so yeah, like I said, um, dealing with bipolar depression for about four years. Um, I was diagnosed, uh, right after, not right after, but soon after I had my, um, my son, uh, I had my pumpkin face Blake, uh, July of 2013. Um, and he was my, oh, he's amazing. He's everything. I mean, he was just, he's everything that I prayed for. I wanted a boy. He was a boy. I wanted a boy that looked like his daddy. He looked just like his father out of the womb. I wanted him to be happy and healthy. And he was and chunky and. I was a total fucking mess. This whole depression thing, or I'm sorry, what I didn't call depression, what black folks call it, the sads, or I be having some moments, or as my mother used to love to tell me, when I'm being all my extra dramatic self, because you're just being dramatic, uh, you just, oh God, why are you crying? You're just being so dramatic. Oh, it's so dramatic, so dramatic. Sorry, issues that brought back a lot of stuff for me. I apologize. Let's bring it back. Okay. So <clears throat> we're talking about the fact that I used to have these episodes and, and I've had it so long that I just trained myself to deal. You see, um, <clears throat> depression grows in negative space. It just does. It starts off there and then you know, the more negative the space is, the more it grows. Um, I grew up in a very verbally abusive um, home. So uh, there was a lot of tension and stress and which led to, I guess, whatever it was that were triggers that would affect me so and affect my brain where depression would kick in. And it would be you know, they started off being something that were just like feelings or, you know, just something that I could just push myself through, which is crazy that I have to think about the fact that I have to try to push myself through episodes of depression at the age of 12 or 13. But that was some real shit um, to have to go ahead and push through uh, when I was uncomfortable or this whole phrase of remember in sixth grade that um, I used, I hadn't, well, gosh, it was like the worst time in grammar school ever. I don't think I had any friends at school. I never wanted to go. I was barely making it through, but my house was crazy. And I mean, when I tell you verbally abusive, my parents fought more than they didn't fight. I can't remember a time that they didn't fight and they were, who they were word ninjas it was the exact opposite of michelle obama's speech when 
you went low, they went lower, and it just, I mean, that was my normal for me. Um, and the way that it would affect me, it would like shut me down. Um, I think back to when, you know, that commercial, when they talk about it now, I look at it where it says depression hurts. It really did. Um, my home environment used to be so stressful that just sometimes the thought of even going home or having to go home would give headaches. The walk home where I would walk my brother home from school, the closer we got to the house, uh, the more stressful and the worse the headache would get sometimes. It would almost be like you're having a panic attack. You're holding your breath. And so you get all the way to that third floor of the condo just when you get your key in to wonder who's there, who's not there. Um, that's Then that was a common thing in my childhood. And so that was a lot of darkness there. I mean, I'm I'm the kid that prayed for a divorce. Like, oh God, please let somebody live because no one, I hate everybody here um, and everybody sucks. So please just stop it. Um, so yeah, uh, so I had these episodes going through and like I said, I've been able to wait to push through, but I was at this stage and I was in this house and I was with this baby and I couldn't just up and go and push myself through anything. I had to sit and sit with it and it was some of the most hurtful and painful shit and emotions and things that I could deal with. I I cried all the time. I did not want to get out of bed. I was always by myself. Then winter came and it got cold and my husband's car would always break down. So I'd be stuck in the house with no car and this little baby person who always just wanted stuff for me and it oh it it was god it was so rough then and I remember going to one therapist this older white woman and god bless her I have no idea what we talked about other than the fact that she was like you want some pills and I was like yeah sure I guess true and so she gave me some Zoloft and I didn't like it. And so I was like, I'm not doing that again. Because it made me feel weird. Uh, and for a moment, I was okay. And then I wasn't again. And it got to the point where the only reason why I was actually getting up and getting out of the bed was to take care of my child. And even then, the struggle was so real. I remember finally telling my husband this um, on a date night with Red Lobster. When the fuck me good, I think it's S2 Red Lobster. Okay, sorry. Excuse me. Back. And so I remember sharing that with him and telling him that I was just so tired of the emotional roller coaster that was going on. I mean, everybody could see it. I know people were talking about it. People were scared of me, scared for me. I was scared of me, for me, mad, frustrated, at me, confused, sad, all those things, because we just couldn't pull it together. We just couldn't stop being sad. We just couldn't make yourself better. We couldn't make our make ourselves to make it better. 
We couldn't use other people to help us make it better. We could not use any of the past coping skills that we have been doing for the past 30 something years or 20 something years to, to make it through. Nothing was working. And I remember telling my husband that I didn't want to die. It's just sometimes I just wish I never could wake up. Like if some days, like if I didn't wake up, that'd be fine. And he got real quiet and looked at me and over his Caesar salad and cheddar biscuits, he told me, amen. I think you need to go see that doctor and I think you need to go get on them pills again. And then took a sip of his lobsterita. And then proceeded to finish eating. And I sat there. And I looked at him. And I wanted to be like. That's the fuck all you got to say. You need to take a pill. And then you sip your drink. And just went. And then I thought about it. Because one. That's how we are. And two. Eh, I'm a little hard headed. It's pretty much how I take information. He was right. I needed to do something. I knew I needed to do something again because what was happening was not working and there was no push through. This was bottom. This was it. We were tired. We were exhausted. And we have this beautiful baby that we wanted and prayed and wished for. And you want to die. This is not going to work. So I got a referral to what was possibly one of the best or no, sorry. When it, she is the best, I say, um, psychiatrist yes um and uh I say the world she's a black woman she's a sister um I don't know if she's one of them started from the bottom but here tights but you know the way you know some things slip out I feel like she got some hood in her I at least feel like she could fight you know um that's how I judge people don't judge me um, but yeah, I got an appointment with her and I knew she was good. Um, I had a two month waiting list, which felt like torture. Um, and then two weeks after I called for the initial appointment, she had a last minute opening and I broke my neck to drop my baby off at my mom's office at her job and go. And it was... It it was, um, that was like one of the, gosh, that was one of the hardest visits that I ever had. I remember sitting across from her and I mean, she sharp, she together, she got this big ass ring on her finger, like she doing it and she's talking to me and then she's nodding her head. She's understanding what I'm talking about and some of my frustrations the situations that's going on and she's like yep okay I get it and then she starts asking me questions about my past shit that we don't talk about shit that we've already pushed through shit that we have suppressed because no one has the time to deal with whatever issues in regards to how you've dealt with stress and or how your behavior used to be sexually or your interactions with your parents and or friends and or your reactions to things that shouldn't be stressful and stressful situations and all this poking and prodding and asking. 
And I remember being so frustrated and so angry and visibly uncomfortable. And my always my first reaction is to leap and to react because that is my how I was raised. When I'm uncomfortable, my instant reaction is to make the other person uncomfortable because we fighting. Clearly, you attacked me, so I got to attack you. And so now we just got to go. Don't judge me. Um, and so finally, I'm frustrated. I don't want to answer. And I snapped. I was like, yo, okay. I don't know what's going on, but real talk. I don't understand why you're asking me all these fucking questions. We talking about shit that happened 20 years ago. I barely remember shit that happened two years ago. And you keep asking me these questions and the stuff that I really don't remember. Nor do I really even like, I don't even see what the point is. So I mean, I'm just saying, when are we going to fucking talk about what I need to happen to fix right now? Because all this shit is a waste of time. I told her that because I, y'all, am the medical professional to go ahead and tell somebody something about the mental health. I know nothing. I know nothing. My dumb ass. You dummy. My master's is in HR. Why am I trying to tell this woman to do her job? And I could tell she knew that I was frustrated. And so she was giving me some leeway. But she kind of gave me a breath that was kind of like, this bitch lucky, I'm professional. And I saw I saw a glimpse of it, right? Because, you know, game recognized game. And so then, because I knew that, oh, shit, I know what she on, we might fight. I had to assess the situation. So my mama always told me, don't let your mouth. Right, a check your ass can't cash. You better be prepared if you're gonna talk shit. Go ahead and fight. So when she hit me with the breath and then the okay, there's something going on with your brain. I don't know what it is unless you answer questions. We just know I can just tell by the answers that you're giving me now that. There's something wrong with your brain. There's a chemical imbalance that is happening that has been triggered by stress and or life environments. There's no blood test for this. There's no x-ray. There's no CAT scan. The only way we can find out what is wrong is for you to answer the questions. Do you want to get better? You said you came here and you were at the bottom and that you needed to get better. And I believe you. Do you want to tell what it takes to be better? And I was like, absolutely. And she was like, and you don't have to answer these damn questions. That's it. And for another excruciating 20 minutes, she asked me questions about shit that I didn't want to talk about. Shit that made me uncomfortable. Shit that made me cry. Shit that made me... Ugh. And after some a box of tissues and some other stuff, she was like, it sounds like this is a real good case of bipolar depression disorder. Um, there's some things that we can get, do. Um, but it starts within, she, you know, went to in the whole doctor speech, something, things, she did a lot of signs, talked a lot of words. I was just listening for the clues where she was like, so this is what we need to do. And she says, I'm going to prescribe you these pills. 
they should help. We'll come back in a week. Reevaluate. Tell me what you think. Do know that if you start these pills, you will have to take this and or something that will regulate the chemical balances in your brain from this point going forward or else you will regress. Do you understand that? Okay. Now, my former life or when I was younger, I was that chick that used to laugh at the people on the commercials. What are you talking about? Depressing commercials. Take a pill. What the fuck? That's some punk shit. That's some white shit. That's some weak shit. Y'all just need to go ahead and push through. Black people, we don't need therapy. We got church. We got shit. We got blah. Fast forward to 35 years and we had to go and get professional help because ma'am who was so stressful, ma'am who was in such a dark place, ma'am who knew she had hit rock bottom since I'm being transparent during one of my lowest of low moments when Blake was two. He wouldn't stop crying. He was on my pill he was on a pillow on my lap and I just I I, I yelled, I remember yelling. I remember shaking and I snapped and I realized what I was doing and I picked him up and I held him and he was screaming and I rocked him and I fed him. He had all the titty that he wanted and I rocked him to sleep and I cried ridiculous. I cried ridiculous, hysterical amount of tears for about a good hour. Um, it was, it was one of the worst moments. So when that woman told me that I'm going to have to take pills to make myself feel better, I never wanted to be that again. So there was no question that I was going to do it. Um, so that easily changed my mind and that made me faithful to it because when we came back a week later, it was like, it was like the windshield of my glass, like my glasses, like my contacts were finally clean for the first time. Like they had been dirty for years and all of a sudden I could see things clearly and things like, oh shit, bitch, look, we got real issues and shit going on over here. Look at this. Oh, you didn't see that. Why? Because, oh, we thought we cleaned that. That wasn't clean. It's still dirty. Our fucking lenses was fucked up. That's exactly how it was that first week and we talked about it and she was like that's exactly how it should be feeling and so throughout this journey of mental health and getting better is a constant check-in with my doctor something I never thought that I would do but because I got to that point where I had to do whatever I wanted needed to do to go ahead and get better that is where I'm at that was where I was at from there, she we worked on finding me a therapist eventually. Um, that took some time. I had been kind of leery with going back to therapist because of, you know, some of the last the last two before this whole having my baby with trying to go ahead and get some help did not work. And so I was anti going to therapy because I just didn't think it was going to work for me. And 
when I was taking the pills consistently, it was kind of like that realization of, well, you know, you don't deal with stuff the same way you were dealing with it before. Because remember, we had dirty contacts. Now we have clean contacts. Why don't we try it this time with some clean contacts and a little help from some people who might know some better. So per the recommendation of my black unicorn, I have the therapist who I have now who has been amazing throughout this journey of really addressing those issues that I see and really getting the help for them. Um, and that's the key to really being able to balance and handle life issues. Um, shit, since that time, some real life shit has happened. I mean, like, happened. Like, <laughs> we had to file for bankruptcy. Um, shit, me trying to find a job for forever. But like, yeah, like, I had to deal with bankruptcy and then... My son was diagnosed with autism and just all the ups and downs. And I'm so grateful that to know that I had not only therapy um, and the pill combination, but being able to have the support of my friends and family to really be able to go forward and address uh and get the help to be able to handle those great life issues. Because I know had I not had those things and had those tools, the mania that could have, would have kicked in, I don't know if I would have made it. I don't know if I would have wanted to make it. Because there were times with even all those things that I have and those tools in place, the therapy and talking it out with my best friend and using the tools and, you know, going ahead and meditating and taking a moment and stepping back and trying to realize that there were still times that I did not want to make it through. But my snapback was actually easier and I was actually able to be able to take moments and say, oh, look, that's the depression stuff that's talking over there. That's what it is. We need to go ahead and fix it. So ain't no shame in mental health. It needs not to be shame because getting diagnosed, getting real help with your mental health issues is a tool in self-care or it should be a tool for you in self-care. Um, Everything is all connected, your mind, your body, and your spirit. When your mind is off, it causes your spirit and your body to be off. People think that, you know, we don't, shouldn't talk like black people. Shit, if anybody, we are some of the people that need the most therapy and we don't get it at all. We don't talk about it enough and there really needs to be a push to go ahead for black people to get more therapy, to be able to talk out our issues, to be able to talk about some of our past hurts, some of these generational, like, uh, uh, some generational dysfunction. That's what I wanted to say. The generational dysfunction that has been passed on and on. I mean, shit, I'm a living witness. Like, I, my dysfunction was birthed in the dysfunction that both of my parents experienced. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking in they past. My mama 
We didn't find out her daddy, you know, got ran off from Mississippi for trying to get killed by a white man, changed his name. And, you know, my husband, I mean, my father's uh, mother had all sorts of issues with race and segregation here in this city in Chicago. Like, we have these neighborhoods where all these kids and these people are living in trauma and living in stress. Like, do you know what it is to live in trauma and to live in stress? That shit is painful. When I told you about what it was coming in and walking home, like that whole painful walk that it used to be to get from the block, from the time that my got to the key to the front door to walking all the upstairs on the third floor, like some days it felt like my head would explode. There are kids who are experiencing that day to day in and out, the kids, the parents, and it's a continuous thing. There's no escape from it. You don't even get peace in your own house. In fact, those are some of the places where it's worse because some of the pain is happening there. Those are not safe spaces. And that is the worst environment for us. We aren't growing. It is why we are in such a destructive state right now. Black people need so much help mental health wise it is why we need to go it will cause us to change our perspective and therefore change our actions it will help us to be more open and to be more loving to each other because that is what we really need now because we so fucking rough on each other man that shit's fucking ridiculous anywho back to the fact that black people just do need to focus on getting more help Think about it. Have you ever driven to the hood or like sometimes like the energy when I go into these neighborhoods, like sometimes when you're driving through Inglewood or when you're just going through a stretch of like 79th or whatever, where it's like you see like rundown buildings and people just standing out like, look at like the poverty that it is that you see like that energy. It, it, it's it's painful. Um, it's why when certain rappers, you know what I'm saying? Like they start off at the bottom all of a sudden. You know, when they get out in the world, it's just like, oh, shit, you can actually get out in the hood and fucking breathe. Like, it feels that thick and stifling there because there's like the thickness of the darkness of depression that's no one's talking about. These kids are going through highly traumatic issues. They are seeing friends get shot. They are seeing, you know, crime happen. People's fathers are going in prison, you know, mental abuse, verbal abuse that's going on in the homes to the point where it's not like it's them. They getting in everywhere. They get it at their house. They get it at their grandma house. They get it at auntie house. They breast friends houses like that down the street because that is something that is just so normal in those communities. But those things aren't healthy. Remember, we can't live our best life. In unhealthy environments, they can only happen and thrive in healthy environments. And mental health is something that needs to be addressed in the black community to go ahead and create the mental health, the healthy, excuse me, the healthier environments. Church just ain't enough. Some of y'all need to be taking it to the altar and pray that your insurance covers for you to be able to get you a good psychiatrist and or a good therapist. If you decide to go the route of having pills, please know that if you are going to get on pills, you don't have to do it right away, but eventually you're going to also have to get some therapy too. Pills just shine a light on the, on the issues that you have that need to be addressed 
in therapy without pills. I mean, with just shaking pills, you just know, oh, these are the issues that I'm reacting to, but I'm not doing nothing to address them. It's irresponsible. So if you're going to go ahead and do the real work to go ahead and get it all addressed right away, you need to do pills and therapy. Therapy is the main thing that's needed. We need to talk some shit out. We need to heal some relationships. And the only way we can do that shit is by being able to get to a space where we can talk and hear and listen to each other and want to reciprocate with love, man. Because, man, like, shit's fucked up. Like, it's fucked up. I work in HR and I work with a lot of, like, blue-collar people and, you know, black folks, hourly positions or whatever, man. And some shit that goes down in these neighborhoods, like, you know... Kids get, you know, when it's that whole, you just see numbers, 32 shot over the weekend, 11 killed or whatever it is. That's somebody's friend, cousin, brother, something, whatever. You know what I mean? So like real people know those people and I work with some of those people and it's like, yeah, they get bereavement days. What is that? Three days. And then they might get like a week of vacation time. But the situation is, it's like, A, you have been like a traumatic thing has happened to you and you aren't even in the space to be able to grieve it well because you need to make money because you live in a paycheck to paycheck and that stress is already enough stress let's add some more stress to that let's go ahead and not be able to address it because life is so fucking stressful (laughs) stress is the best environment for creating a depressive state. Depression and darkness stops the stress from happening. Like when I said that whole emotional roller coaster that would go on with me, that's stressful. Uh, no one wants to deal with constant stress all the time. It becomes painful. It manifests itself in other areas. So that is why when they say depression hurts, that is a real thing. So when stress, the more stress that you have, the more it triggers all the other bad things in your environment, thus creating more depression. What is the greatest way to go ahead in depression is go ahead and cut your brain off. Excuse me. That's why sometimes the only comfort people feel is sleep. Um, I know that feeling. I know what it's like to actually be mad at the fucking statement. Like every day is a good day to be alive. No, it's not. Day doesn't feel like that day and be dead ass and be dead ass and be so mad that that's like a thing that just come out of people's mouth. Like been there, been that person because I understand that pain. It'd be dark. It'd be so heavy. And no, I don't want to get up. I want to be in this place. Um, And so you really need to go ahead and do a lot of work and take care of yourself and self-care to get yourself right and to get your temple together. Um, Getting control of your mental health, um, especially for black people, is all about creating a space to be able to do so. Um. I realized that after, uh, I realized I was going to have to do therapy, that I really was going to have to work on not putting my issues that I had 
on growing up that I have and put him on my son after my son was diagnosed and I started working with a social worker. Um, ain't nothing like an old black woman to really put you in your place and tell you about yourself and what it is that you need to do. Um, Miss Gwen was a lovely, jazzy old black woman with a convertible and the uh, her BMW and her jazzy painted toes and everything. And uh, she had just lost her husband of like 30 something years, but was still doing work because she was like, that's what I would do. And that's what he would expect me to do. And right after like that, you know, it was just so hard because, you know, you have all these dreams for your kid and then, you know, you're they don't happen it's just you become sad and you become depressed and that's what I'm saying you go through and deal with these issues and these things and I remember crying to her and being like she was like well what's you know the saddest thing about you know Blake you know being autistic and I was like you know I worry about him and his future like you know what if he's not a friendly person like what if he doesn't get married what if he doesn't have like that for a future he doesn't have a lot of friends and stuff like that and I'm like crying and boohooing and being emotional and she was like well what if he don't want no friends I was like oh and that was like the record the skirt I was like oh what and she was like my husband did it because she talked about her husband all the time. She was like, he used to tell me all the time. She was like, he was like, we had these things. He was like, I go to these parties for you. He like, I don't like these people. I don't like people. You like people. I like you. You want to go out and hang out with people? That's great. I don't want to hang out with people, but I want to hang out with you. And he would tell me that all the time. What if Blake don't want to have no friends? What if Blake don't want to like people? That sounds like that's something that you have an issue with with yourself and you don't need to be putting that on him. He needs to go ahead and have the space to be the person that he needs to be. And you need to create that for him. Now, I knew at that moment that I could not create a space for my child to become a healthy person unless I dealt with my bullshit ass issues. That is a lot of what's going on with the black community. We can't even get out of the stress that we have going on to be able to create space for us to be able to create healthy environments. Um, Living the paycheck to paycheck sucks. Um, That whole thing about I work, like I said, I work in HR. I work with a lot of people that like, look, I don't give a fuck them two hours that was supposed to be on my check. They need to be on my check. It does not sound like a lot to a lot of people. But listen, when you missing them hours on your check because you counted on them hours and they not there, something might be going awry. You might not be able to pay something. And that is a stressful thing. We're not even talking about balling. We're talking about just normal stress. Like, I hope my car don't go out because I only got like 50 cents in the bank and I know I need like five new tires five just that many um so yeah uh I speaking for myself in regards to church and religion like this is all a spiritual walk for me I believe in God you know I believe in you know the spirit of Jesus not the white dude that's in the Catholic church I know not who he is I'm talking about real Jesus um, who, you know, whatever, who my name might not even really be Jesus. His name might be Carl. Um, and just, we got the translation all the way fucked up. Anywho. Uh, but no, I think for myself going to church and just church really started to be 
damaging because it almost became self-deprecating. Like this whole, you know, you got to come to church and fill it in and, you know, hold on to that prayer and the word needs to get you through the week until the next Sunday. And it's like, okay, so I just got to basically push through bullshit because life is bullshit and people are bullshit and whatever it is and just hold on out so I can get back into this positive space and I'm just that on Sunday that I can't carry through. Like that's fucked up. And then you're telling me that the reason why it's not is because um, I'm not praying enough. I'm not faithful enough. I'm not tithing enough. Like maybe it's because I'm just that fucking sad. Like people need to understand, like think of it, depression, it's literally a darkness. Think of it as a virus. Even if I'm trying to get some positivity and some light into me, depression is swallowing that shit. Like it can't even get through. It's cloudy. It's a thing. And it, that's what I'm saying. You need to address those issues. Start talking them out. Do whatever it is that you need to do to get through them. Black people, we self-medicate a lot. And that gets us through. But we not really living. We just surviving. And we need to do better than just survive in our communities. We really need to go ahead and help ourselves and help address some of these issues so we can get some real shit out there. And so that we can go ahead and heal ourselves and really begin to thrive and build off of that. Because we can't sustain. We could build shit, but it can't be sustained unless we really get these mental health issues going on. Because the mind and the spirit and the body are all connected. And that's all love, man. And it has to all be united in love. Like, here's the whole deal. Um, To become a positive person, you need to have tools to actually help you do that. It's, It's a journey. It's the further it is that you feel that you started off in darkness. I tell people like, you know, especially like some of my friends, I'm like, it might be easier for you to think positive or be positive or be in a more positive space because I really started off in a very negative space. Like people who talk about their parents really spoke life and edified in them and, you know, positive, very home environments. That's not my life. I don't know that life. Um, <laughs> despite what my parents tried to do, they, I, I know they swear they did their best and they did what they knew at the time. It just was horrible for me. Um, but um, yeah. Speaking of Jesus, um, this is also kind of a faith walk and talking about how to get faith and become a more positive person. Um, and to do that uh, along with the self-care of getting your mental health in order is really making sure that you have the positive tools and people who are light and within you being aware of your darkness are able to help shine lights on it um, and help you address it, handle it, take care of it. Um, Your therapist, positive friends, um, positive words, books, um, things that turn around, positive reinforcement statements, vision boards, um, people who speak life and edify and want positive things for you. The thing is, um, too, and recognize that sometimes when you've been living in darkness for a very long time, when people shine light or their light shines and they shine something on an issue that maybe you didn't know it was there or you knew it was there that you're trying to hide or whatever it is, sometimes that could be painful. Again, speaking for myself, um, I have a friend that is 
my bestie. I love her. She is positive, poly, Miss Smile Bright, 1997, whatever it is. Like, that's my boo. And she is the Miss Edifier of positive speech. Like, for the whole time that I've known her, she has never let me say anything bad or negative about myself or whatever it is. You know, she speaks life into me. I would be like, oh, I don't know. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Don't say that. You're not fat. You're not ugly. You are wonderful. You are sorry. Don't say that. Don't say that. You're not stupid. And she does this for everybody. Um, and she hates when people talk down about themselves. She's like, that is not loving. That is not edifying to yourself. That is not thing. But sometimes it does get on my nerves because no, not nerves. Like sometimes it's been kind of painful for when I'm trying to express or something that I feel is darkness or whatever it is. And it feels like she's just shining this light, whatever light. See, oh, that's your problem. Go ahead. See it. Now just go ahead and take care of it. I know that's how it feels. Not her intention. Definitely not her intention. That is how it's felt. And sometimes when light is shined on dark and you're really not ready for that. So you need to turn up. I mean, think about when you're in bed and the light comes on and it's like darkness. Ah. Instantly, you want someone to turn the light off. Sometimes that's what it's like. That's how it is. Light shines upon your issues and you're just not ready. And so it makes you like cower and shut down. Sometimes that's, I mean, that's just a natural reaction and that's okay. Sometimes you need to start small. Just open your eyes within, let your eyes get used to it, get adjusted to it. Get adjusted to finally being in light because when you first get there, it's hard to see. It's hard to adjust, but you got to keep going because it's only getting brighter. Um, but it takes work. It takes a lot of work uh, to go from a negative environment to cultivate a healthy one. It's like tearing down or repairing a foundation for yourself in your house, your house where you keep and where you stay. And where you are, where you house your feelings, your love, your intentions. Um, like I said, this is a faith walk for me. I believe in the tenets of Jesus. Um, I don't believe in that, like I said, that other dude um, who looks like him. But, you know, I know what he says for the most important word of God. I'm not like a Bible thumper. I know everything about the word of everything. I think the Bible can be depressing at some stages, but that's neither here nor there. But I do know that at the end of the day, Jesus is like, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you are making sure that your house and your temple is good, then if you want those best things for yourself, then of course you would want them for your neighbor because that's how you love and you love yourself. So you should want to go ahead and be around people to speak life and speak positive to you. Sometimes you just got to start that positive in doses, you know, just stop talking negatively, start reading something positive, look into finding a therapist, just change something, one thing and try to stick to it to being positive. It does not have to always be negative. It feels like it. It feels like that is a space that you may always have to deal with and stuff because life is hard and life is hard. Life be life and shit be happening. But the better you are in your mental state, the better it is that you'll be able to handle those issues and those things. Um, the life, is, the world is showing us right now and America is really showing us right now who they are and whose they are. If anything, now is the time 
for more positivity, especially for black people to be to this point where we're going to speak life into each other. And we're really going to go ahead and help each other really address and get help for our mental issues so that we can be our best selves. I truly believe that getting help, becoming more positive, putting yourself in better environments really actually does change yourself for the better and it makes the impossible seem impossible. I never thought that I could be a happy, chippy person. Okay, I'm still not a happy, chippier person, but like I really, really want what's best for people even if they don't want what's best for themselves. And I can't necessarily say that, you know, a few years ago. Um, I'm definitely more open. I'm more forgiving of myself and for others. And because of that, I feel like more positive shit is actually happening to me, which is like always when I've wanted to happen. I've always wanted to get to the point where I can hear God's voice for myself. So I'm really kind of happy to be in this space. And if anything, I would want or I would hope that someone listening to this can see a bit of themselves in it and at least work to want to get better or to try to get better. Um, this is not an easy step and I've done it many a times. You stumble, you fall, you get back up. But the reward on the other side, the actually being in light, and staying in light and doing work to get adjusted to what it feels like being light is pretty cool. It's cool to be in people's overflow of love and light and possibility and favor and faith and blessings. Because honestly, when you're open to it and when you're actually there in that space, you can actually receive it. Um, so I wish that for you, um, to whoever's listening to it, uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember, it's my first one. So it might have been a little rocky, but, you know, stay with me, y'all. It's going to get better. OK, OK, I'm just starting, but um, I'm really happy I did this um, and I can't wait for it to grow and for us to grow together. All right. Thanks, everybody. Love and light. Peace.